Welcome to the Big Self Podcast Season 2. Yeah. it off. We did it. We made it to Season 2. Yes. And you have all kinds of cool ideas of what we're going to do on this season. But right now, we're kicking off, uh, I would call it a mini-series on the subject of calling. Or yeah. as you'd like to say, Colleen's. Colleen's. Plural. Plural. Yeah, so we have been talking about this topic for many years, if not decades. I We've grew been... up, I like this, this is a subject that is, you know, you could say near and dear to my heart, it's got a history. Whenever we would move around, I moved around about six times throughout my life, and my uh, my dad would always tell the family that we were, he was following the Lord's call. So I kind of had a lifelong quest, Shelley, figuring out what it meant to be called, and didn't completely figure that out through a long process. I would say, too, that you've got an interesting framework for us to look at today with Colleen's. But, you know, I think there are ways that we do find our calling, and I think there are ways in which we kind of are constantly pursuing it and trying to figure it out. Yeah, I think, you know, uh, I, too, grew up hearing about God's call, God's calling. Uh, you know, you're in the Bible about prophets that were called, and but it never, I never really, it didn't sit well with me that something outside of me, um, you know, which I guess God could be called you, or it's like a mandate outside of you, kind of forcing you. And then it was like, the goal was to figure out, well, what is it? Oh my gosh, am I going to miss it? Like, what if I, what if I screw this up and I miss the whole thing? Is my life pointless at this point? And I pursued kind of this idea of calling, thinking it was a thing out there that I had to go find or be told. Um, And really what I've come to believe is that it's not, it's something that is co-created and, and I do have a definite, a working definition. That's deep. That's I'm, I'm kind of working through this a little bit. Um, and yeah, we wanted to unpack this idea of calling, call it, having a life calling, uh, which is a little bit synonymous with purpose for right. us. Yes, it, it is. And I, I want to just add to what you're saying is callings. So like as we get into it a little bit here, callings is often associated in this religious tradition um, that we're kind of alluding to, we're talking about a little bit. You know, a lot of us, I think, think of callings as that burning bush experience that Moses had. We kind of want it to be just super obvious and in our, in our face. But, you know, people struggle. Like, a lot of those burning bush experiences were were struggle. Like, Jonah didn't really want, he was refusing his call. Or you have, like, Paul in the, on the road to Damascus being blinded, right? And also, you know, I always wanted that calling of like Augustine, where like he was like, he was walking down the road one day, he was just a normal university professor, a a pagan one, you could say. And then he suddenly heard this voice when he saw the Bible, it said, pick it up, pick it up. And he picked it up and became Augustine. You know, we can, yeah. we want that, but I just don't think it kind of works that way. Well, and what we've done, we tend to do in our Western capitalistic 
structure is that we have, I think we kind of bastardize this, this idea of callings into my job. Like what am I called to do for a living? And I think that is really a disservice to this bigger conversation that we're wanting to have around callings. So awesome. I, I want to give my definition. Let's hear it. Your callings are the experiences you co-create with something bigger than yourself, life, God, source, universe, you know, pick your name, in the pursuit of your human flourishing. I like that. That is really good. Did you just come up with that on your own? A few days ago. (laughs) Nice. But yes, I did. So your callings are the experiences you co-create with something bigger than yourself, life, God, source, universe. Uh, I use God, I use the word God, in the pursuit of your human flourishing. Your calling is not your job. And I want to just be super clear, like the, the, the definition I'm working with has a lot of assumptions based into it. Yeah. And probably the biggest assumption I'm working with is that your calling is not your job. But it has a lot to do with it. Why is it so important? Like, I think that's where people zero in on. Again, I think it's because we are socialized uh, that the end point is only worthy if we get paid for it. Yeah. The end point of, of this kind of discovery process has to lead to a job that I make money at, right? Yeah. And, and I think there's a piece of that, of course, that is part of this framework and kind of what we need to honor and like really pursue, but it's a piece and we've overinflated it to become the whole thing. And so I really want to just um, back up from that a little bit and like give you guys permission to loosen up on <laughs> on yourself, on ourselves a little bit. Like it's not some holy grail out there that we have to go find or we're doomed. Uh, it really is much more about getting in relationship with these these five different areas that we're going to talk about. Um, getting in relationship to them, uh, that in and of itself is the calling. And I'm going to like give you some credit too here. I, I, you can't came up with this framework of these five different strands that I think the idea that we're talking about here, so it's not overly you know too semantic, like well, really, is there one calling or are there five? Or, but you've come up with this framework um, that when you integrate them in a balanced way could come down to being your calling. And I like it. Let's just go ahead and list them. And then we're going to like unpack them briefly here. Basically, we're teeing up what we're going to discuss with some of our other guests in the coming weeks. Yeah. You are called to grow. Number one, you're called to grow. You are called to connect. You are called to contribute. You are called to play and you were called to create. Yeah. So let's talk about those a little bit. You were called to grow. There, um, you know, if you look at any kind of human behavior, animal behavior, plant behavior, we all live on this spectrum of like, growing and dying. I mean, that's kind of the, um, the instinct. Um, you know, I was looking at some of our flowers outside and they, with the right conditions, the right soil being watered, they're all going to point to the sun and it's the instinct of the, the flower is to grow. So when I think about this kind of mandate that we have to grow, it makes me think of like our human, our self-development. We're not wired to go 
backwards. We're wired to be in this kind of constant forward motion of growth and even setbacks the are intended to grow us, um, to assimilate all those lessons of even the, the crappy things that happen in our life, which will keep moving us forward in some type of, um, growing arc in our life. And it, you know, I'm thinking about like a lot of psychological human development theories. There's a lot of stage theory. So when I think about Eric Erickson's stages of development, uh, even Maslow's hierarchy of needs, there's always this kind of, um, each stage represents an opportunity for learning And then through crisis, we learn what we need to learn at that stage so that we can move on to the next stage. And I think that to add to what you're saying is, you know, for the, for the vast majority of the human experience that I would say that there's been so much just surviving. Mm-hmm. Life was shorter, life was harsher. Uh, we don't need to span it back too far, but even up until fairly recently, a lot of our, you know, you could even just think about the uh, pioneers here in the United States. <laughs> like you were probably spending your life not really evolving with like the inner growth that we're talking about. You were trying to stay alive. You were trying to like have a home. You were trying to protect yourself uh, from the, the elements. And now basically we are in a part of human experience where our lives are longer and a lot of these basic needs are taken care of. And so when we're talking about calling, I think it's important to say that we are trying to evolve, right? And we are trying to get past just those basic Maslow's hierarchy of needs. Yeah, I I totally agree. I think because we're animals, there is a wiring in us to survive. Like that's, that's part of our impulse is just like to to survive. But there is also because we're human species, we have this innate desire to flourish, to thrive, not just survive. And so I don't, I don't think it matters like where we are on, um, a spectrum of conditions. I think every human, uh, whatever our socioeconomic status is, where we live in life, what we do in life, there is a, there's an innate tendency to want to, uh, assimilate what we're learning toward our own growth. And if we're not pursuing that, I think that's where the internal death really does start to happen. And I suppose uh, if we briefly touch on the question of is calling a being able to pursue your calling a privilege, uh, I think the short answer is to some extent yes. Yeah, it can be for sure because you've already established like you've got a couple levels of basic needs, basic needs, safety, trust, belonging, food, water, air, those sorts of things. Right. But again, no matter, no matter where we are on that spectrum, there's still this calling. uh, And maybe, you know, really what I'm, I'm thinking about here is just more of an evolutionary calling. It's a, it's a, it's an internal kind of mechanism that pushes us forward. So we all have that no matter if we're at the kind of the bottom of the pyramid pyramid or at the top. Yeah. We want to understand What's, what's this all about? Right. We're, and, you know, I think for number two, you were called to connect. Before we say that, oh. though, I just, just to stay with growth for a minute, I think, you know, what I want you all to think about when you're thinking about, okay, how do I apply this to my life? What does that mean? 
Um, and I, you know, for me, the self-reflecting I do when I have time and I have create some space to do that is really examining what is it that is coming at me in my life right now that, that, that if, if I can see it as the gift that it is, or the lesson that it is, is, um, pushing me to my greatest growth. And I think I, I need time and space to really think about those things. But, but that's what I want you to do. Think about where are you growing in your life right now? What feels like a setback, but maybe is a lesson in disguise? Um, who is growing you in your life right now? And we'll get to connection in just a second. But I think that there are people that are put in our lives to help us advance. And so really think about what are these lessons? Who are these people? And what am, what am I needing to, to learn from them? Wow. I feel like you're just kind of cutting all the way to the chase there with some of that good stuff. Um, yeah. So, but, and the, let's see, you're called to connect. And I think that... Number two, connect. Right. Yeah. We are... We've been very disconnected through the experience of the pandemic in a lot of ways. And I think that a lot of us don't realize when you know we're missing that that element of like something's off, something's not right. A lot of the crisis of calling comes out of disconnection. Yeah, I'm really I'd love to hear more what you mean by that. I think I know what you mean. I think there's a real um, travesty that happens when we are in isolation, when we are cut off from connection with other people. Um, I think we lose parts of ourselves in that process. And so obviously, uh, if we're not getting that connection, not getting that feedback from other people, then I do think it is a little bit like something's off, like we're, we're missing part of the calling of our life, uh, which is to get that energy from other people. Yeah, that's that. I mean, that's what I mean. If we're, if we're feeling down, if we're feeling loneliness, if we're, you know, that is sometimes it's that part of the five, the five part framework that is the very thing. It's the disconnection from others. And that's part of our calling. Yeah. And it makes me think of David Brooks' book, The Social Animal. And he talks a lot about this idea of connection and our hardwiring um, and that, you know, we're not self-contained individuals. We really are social animals. We are animals that, um, like, we, we need each other to feel our experience, to feel our existence. And so that that idea of, like, mirror neurons and emotional contagion, you know, there's a big words, I guess, that people talk about. But it's this idea that we we know ourselves in relationship to other people because we feel ourselves. Like we emotions are contagious. And so that that interconnectedness is vital to our experience. And and I think the older I get, the more I see that we are all connected. Um, I see myself less and less as this kind of distinct self. Um, which my ego really wants me to believe. And I see how there's so much um, of who I am reflected from other people and vice versa. And so I'm a relational person anyway, but the older I get, I just see that it's this kind of energetic vibe that I feel all the time of just being connected with other people. 
Yeah. And I think also there's a value in our, at least our American life and culture (laughs) where we want to be independent and we want to be, you know, just free and, and, you know, and just the, the lone wolf kind of mentality. And I think that if of all of the five types of, of callings that we're talking about today, that's probably one where I need to pay the most attention to mm-hmm. myself. But, yeah. but your your idea of connection, it leads uh, naturally, I think what you were just saying, to number three, the call to contribute or to, to serve. And well, why don't you tell us about this? Yeah, well, so this is where we get to talk about having a job a little bit. <laughs> I know people are like, hey, what are you going to talk about uh, vocation call, vocational calling? So we'll talk about that now. Um, you know, I think about this a little bit differently, though. So I kind of want us to reverse the question or maybe expand the question. Let's reframe it away from what am I called to do and toward how can I use my gifts to contribute? Um, I personally think that's a much better question um, because it loosens us up from this grip of like production. Uh, To think about how I'm contributing my gifts is a little bit different. Uh, And we talk about this contribution as kind of this uh, instinct to give what grows inside you. So it's not about like strong arming yourself or grinding it out, doing a job that you have, you think you should do. Um, It's more about recognizing your innate giftedness in certain areas and then actively, intentionally bringing those gifts out into the world more and more to contribute. So, you know, for example, I um, have, I think from a very early age, an ability to empathize with people, to really feel what they're feeling. Um, I have kind of honed this uh, ability to listen really well to people. So those are easy things for me. Like they don't come, I don't have to work at it. In fact, when people are like, wow, you're really good at that. Or that's, I wish I could do that. It's like shocking to me that it's a thing. Like what I, I, I don't know how to not do it. So I think no matter what I do with that, those are natural kind of innate gifts in me that are replenished easily. And so I need to figure out where do I need to contribute that? Is it through coaching? Is it through therapy? Is it through teaching? Is it through parenting? Is it, you know, there's lots of ways to use these gifts. And so let's not get so caught up in that outcome or that result and really get clear on the things that kind of flow from us naturally, and then they're more easily replenished. I like the idea of what you're talking about, of reframing the question from what am I called to do to how can I use my gifts to contribute. What is interesting, I think, about the very word vocation, it comes from the Latin vocare, which means to call or to summon, interestingly enough, right? Um, But I do think one point of clarification when we're talking about sharing the skill that we have is to realize that it doesn't necessarily just have to be a service type of profession. There's some obvious like vocations where the skill is obviously a giving, whether it's teaching or being a doctor or nurse, any kind of thing that's in in direct service. But if you have any kind of skill, 
mm-hmm. that when you know, when you are giving it back into the world, yes, that skill you should be remunerated for it, and you're able to contribute to your family, mm-hmm. you know, or to being an independent person. But there's other way you are sharing. I think a part of your story and a part of yes. your legacy yeah. when you are sharing what you are good at that. and gifted at. I think sometimes that is about telling our story is a way that we can contribute. I um, There's a book put out by the StoryCorps folks on callings. People, they, he does a whole series of talking with people who are who are, you know, they believe they're pursuing their calling, right. callings. Um, and there was a, one of the episodes was on this woman, I believe in like New York or New Jersey, who's a bricklayer. And it's a fascinating, like beautiful piece where she's really talking about um, being the only woman in a male dominated industry and this kind of this meditative practice and the skills she learned. She was so proud of it. And really the calling of all that was showing her daughter the capacity to do hard things and be the top of your you know of your game even if you're surrounded by men and the respect that comes from that and so to hear her tell her story um that you know bricklaying you know may or may not be the calling but the, the way that she framed it and talked about it and the stories that she shared around that, it was clear that this was something much bigger than just laying bricks. She felt a sense of contribution. Absolutely. Right, to her it. community, yeah. um, to the men she worked with. I mean, there was just, there was a lot more happening. That is, that's a fantastic example. Uh, well, let's go on to number four. You are called to play. Yeah. So this idea was born out of a conversation we had a few nights ago. We were talking about callings and you said something like, well, what if you're want to be a bee farmer? And, <laughs> and what if you want to raise bees in your backyard? And that's like, how you know, how do you, Feel, how do you find the, the way to uh, pursue that and be, you know, legitimately kind of vocationally carried by that? And I was like... Well, yeah, because we were talking about like, what do you love as well? And that's that's the entry point for a lot of people yeah. when they're looking to find their call. Right. And I, I, I thought about that a lot. And I came to the idea of why do we have to take something that we love to do and legitimize it by trying to make money at it. Why can't it just be that, you know what, that is part of our human experience. We're called to play. This is something kids know easily. They're yeah. so good at playing. Um, I don't think I, it's always possible to be able to do. You know, I don't, unfortunately, in our capitalistic structure, we're not always going to be able to turn our play into our job, even if we wanted to. Right. And I think we probably shouldn't sometimes. Um, our daughter is a fantastic artist. And I said, well, you want to get art lessons? And and um, she said, no, because every time you put me in lessons, I end up hating it. I don't like the thing anymore. <laughs> yeah. So I think there's something really... Um, important about that the wisdom of babes like (laughs) the minute you try to force it into a a paid kind of experience i think we lose something from that yeah uh 
I, you know, and I, it makes me think of even just education, how kids are naturally curious and learners. And yet you, 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 you force them to, you know, read a book and, and then ask questions on it. And they're going to kind of start hating it right there. But, you know, I had an, an interesting, um, exchange with a friend when I was, working a little bit in the logistics space and I was starting to podcast, but this friend of mine, he also, he knew that like, you know, I was really this connoisseur of beer at the time I was brewing some beer and I also liked to mountain bike. And he was like, Chad, I know what you should be doing. And I was like, really? What, what, what should I be doing? I'm kind of having fun right now. He was like, you should mountain bike trails and you should go to certain breweries And you should have a show about that and podcast the breweries you go to on your mountain bike. I didn't know about this. (laughs) And I was like, that's a pretty good That does sound kind of interesting. Yeah. But so that's an example of like, yes, some people can take and combine a lot of things that they love and put it into some kind of uh, form of maybe a vocation. But in general, I think if you think about this framework of the callings we're talking about, where there's also a contribution and there's a lot of ways to do that. And there's also the service and the self-growth think we begin to get a little bit of a fuller picture of what it what it means i love the idea of play because i'm really good at recreating you're good at that one i'm not so good (laughs) yeah or or as you say that my work is my play because i really do geek out on it i love it i yeah yours is an interesting example of like well i mean your five-part framework kind of works through your one thing that you've really found from college on where you started getting into psychology and yeah. you are such a nerd. So uh, I'm heading to the beach next week with my girlfriends <laughs> and they're right. all getting their like, you know, beach reads and their trashy magazines. And I'm bringing like my Enneagram book, <laughs> my, the soul's code book. Like, right. like I finally get to dig into this book that I've been <laughs> wanting to read. Um, yeah, that's fun for me. Yeah. So different strokes for different folks on, on play and how well that we can, you know, maybe integrate it into our, I would love to hear if anybody else listening, if you all, if that's play for you too, like, how do you do in this play realm? Um, yeah, well, we're know, gonna we're gonna have a few questions for our audience yeah, here at I'd the very end. Yeah, I'd love to hear more about that. Uh, I definitely want to hear um, some examples of some of that. But let's hit number five before we sign off on what we're teeing up for our other guests on the subject of callings. Finally, number five. Why don't you? You are it? called to create. So this idea of create, like I think, again, there's this evolutionary, maybe like hunter-gatherer ancestry thing in us. We're called to build something from nothing. So this isn't quite playing, which playing has no real aim other than pleasure. Like it's just kind of leisure, pleasure, fun. Uh, And it's not quite the contribution piece of this, uh, which has an aim in service and giving back. So creating really is kind of this um, being in the creative process. And it can look like artistic, musical. It kind of, it can look like that. Finger painting. Yeah, anything. No, but it's not just those Sewing, like... Like I, th- I think that does look like that for a lot of people. But you're talking about like creating a family, right? Or a clean, well-lit home, right? That's right. Note, well, note to self. Uh, <laughs> or even a purpose-driven career, a community. You're talking about that kind of creating, right? Yeah, I yes. And 
I, this is partly, you know, an homage to my engineer friends who um, I think are some of the most creative people in the world. Like they're building these algorithms and these companies and they're problem solving, like, like deeply in this creative process. And so I think this is something that we're all called to do, to be as creators. Um, I think it looks different for a lot of people. Um, but I do think, yeah, there's a, there's an innate wiring in us to, to produce something from nothing. It's, it's nice to, when you enter that flow state, we hear a lot about flow when we talk about creativity. Tell me the guy, the name of the guy who, who came up with the term in the mid seventies. Mihai Csikszentmihalyi. It's not that hard. It's it. The spelling makes it look much harder. But boy, did you you nail that pronunciation. But the idea, the, the thing with the flow is that uh, you enter it by having incredibly high mastery of a given skill, and you're engaging with it just at this point and this level of challenge where it's hard enough that it requires concentration, but it's not like overwhelmingly daunting, and it's also not super too easy. And so when you're engaged in that that, that, that creativity of a skill that you are really good at, then you can enter into this this flow state where uh, time sort of you forget about yourself and time you lose track of consciousness. It's really a wonderful experience. I was I will will experience it when I'm deep in the middle of like writing mm-hmm. something. Uh, I remember a lot of times it was with with fiction, um, but also I, I feel transported in that way sometimes when uh, I'm I'm you know writing some music or or practicing. Some some music and there's just this level of like I'm losing track of time and but that and while flow is interesting and a fascinating part of it let, let's bring it back to how does that how does that connect to our calling yeah well I think the flow state is a uh, result of pursuing this calling of creativity of creating um, I think that too it's a little bit about looking for something that will, producing something that will outlive us. So I think there is some kind of biology that's working in us. Like, you know, I want to build something, whether it's a family, um, a business, yeah, like yeah. like what's going to be beyond me? And so I think that, that that pull that a lot of us, I think all of us have it in us. Some of us just don't, pull, you know, pursue it. It's not necessarily so ambitious, you know, to say, I want to do something that will outlive me. No, I think yeah. that that's just human. Normal, yeah. Yeah, human. I think that that's um, a lot of the reasons why we have kids. One like, thing, I'm sorry to interrupt. No, go ahead. Go ahead. Well, I, I think one observation I didn't want to let go, but within these, this five-part framework that we're um, bringing out is that in each and every case, it strikes me that effort is is required. Can I change that word, though? Oh, sure. To intention. Okay. Yeah. I, effort makes me, makes it sound really hard <laughs> and I don't want to do it. Yeah. But intention is absolutely critical. That's the yes. co-creating part of this. Like ah. We can't just passively sit back and be like, okay, right. ca- call me to do this, call me to do that. Right. Or I'm just going to like magically manifest it, dude, with like the law of attraction. <laughs> well, don't down the, the law of attraction. Well, it's, it's not just magic. It takes work. It does. Yeah. yeah. It takes intention. I think it takes... Um, 
it takes a level of self-reflection that a lot of people just aren't going to make time for, quite frankly. So I think, you know, I hope that this podcast will give you a mm-hmm. little bit of a framework of five things to think about as you're, as you go through your day, as you're talking with your friends or your partner, uh, as you're journaling, like thinking about these areas of your life that I believe, we believe that is inborn in every human. And, but how do you co-create? Like, how do you follow these intuitions, these curiosities, um, these instincts that you have and really start to develop them more and more in your life? And I would like to know a number of things. If you if you guys would like to respond back to us, we'd love to hear from you. You know, I'm curious, well, just, you know, maybe within yourself, first of all, which ones do you think you're doing really well and which ones, like me with like maybe uh, number two on connecting, maybe, you know, that's where I could be doing better. Um, and I'm having a good time. I, I'm, I'm able to do play really well. I get play in there. <laughs> I didn't always, but you know, I, um, but so, and also I'm, I'm curious and maybe I don't even know. Do you think there is one unifying calling or do we have many callings? Now I know we just said that there's these five, but yeah, I think if, if, if I were to roll it all up into one essential experience I believe that it is um, actually pretty simply, it's a simple thing, that we are all called to integrate the experiences of our lives in order to become the people that we're supposed to be. That is so good. I, you know, I want to hear from you on your calling stories. You know, now that Shelly, now that we've been really diving into callings like more than ever, um, I want to know, I want to know stories from other people who have clearly found their callings. I want to know like how it happened last night. I was, you know, I came across some, some shows and I was just watching like a mountain biker do these amazing, unbelievable things on a mountain bike and I'm like that guy found has found his calling or I found like these people that they take care of the sea turtles and they you know so that they can put them back in the ocean and they said you know some people say is this just kind of like whack-a-mole you're just gonna like there's just yet another sea and you're and they're like yeah and this is really important to us mm-hmm. and hopefully other people will realize and and th- th- I'm just like on the lookout for like the people who filmed the mountain bikers like they found their calling mm-hmm. and i think sometimes uh, most of the time for many of us sometimes our calling some of the most simple things that I think we overlook in our lives. So providing for our family. I like that. You know, like we're launching a child to into college now. And so that um, is forefront for us, like really thinking about, you know, how do we do that well? What are we called to do in that? Um, and so I think that's just really beautiful and honest. And I think that's the, the other thing I would say these, you know, yes, we, I believe you have multiple callings. I believe callings can change through your life. And I think they do. They kind of ebb and flow. I think these five remain pretty constant, but depending on the season of your life, you will lean more into some than others. Sure. Because we are who we are. We have gifts you know, like the James Hillman theory, we are that acorn 
that with the potential within us to become that oak from that imprint from the very beginning of our existence. But yeah, as I mean, life stages alone, we're going to have different purposes if Mm -hmm. we're using the term somewhat synonymously. Um, So it's a fascinating subject, as you can see, and we hope that you will want to listen to our series on it this month, the month of uh, June. Yeah, we've got some we've got some fantastic um, guests coming on. We think that you all will just eat up what they have to say, because we certainly have. Uh, And yeah, we would love to hear from you. Reach out to us on social media. Um, Let us know how you're pursuing callings in your life and which of those five are really resonating with you right now in the season of life that you're in. Thanks for tuning in to the Big Self Podcast. If you like this podcast, if you like what you heard, and you're interested in the idea of callings and really digging into that, we hope you'll go to bigselfschool.com slash core values and download the free activity we've created for you to get clear on your core values. It's really fun. It'll take like 15 minutes. And we believe core values are really critical component of your callings discernment. So we hope you'll go there and check Check it out. Join the community on Facebook at the Big Self School Students. You can find us at Big underscore Self on Twitter and at the Big Self School on LinkedIn and Instagram. We'd love to hear from you. What show made an impact on your thinking, your habits, your decision making, or anything else?